0: It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to The Table. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of The Table. My name is Jason Squires, and I'm the host of this podcast. Today, we are joined by the one and the only rory noland rory how's it going man good. Jason, it's great to be with you again ah oh, so good. i look forward to our conversations it's yeah, uh we just we just spent some time together actually you were out in california um at the conference that we were hosting um it was, it's good to see you in person as opposed to just only on zoom
1: yeah a great conference by the way really enjoyed it and uh, really sensed that there was some great ministry that happened and uh Good, good people there. I mean, it was it was fun to be just the right size. And, uh, you know, there were there were some good, good content and uh, and good, um, good, good conversations. Oh, thank you. It was I had
0: so much fun that, um it was it was fun because you you spoke in the morning and you kind of had the whole day to just yeah. kind of hang out with people. And you didn't have the you didn't have to like you were you you were out just connecting with people, which I loved. I loved watching that happen.
1: Yep, that was actually my favorite part.
0: <laughs> you and it was um tell us about you. I mean, for like the four people who don't know who you are, like tell us about uh, Rory and kind of a little bit more about who you are and where you're coming from.
1: Well, I've been directing a ministry called the Hardly Artist uh, ministry. And my mission is to serve artists and worship leaders, you know, in the church. So I'm 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 a church guy. <laughs> I lo- I love the church because Jesus loves the church. And uh, so I I write books. I mentor uh, one-on-one worship leaders and and pastors and artists and uh, uh, also lead retreats for teams and speak at conferences and um, do consulting as well in the area of uh, uh, worship and spiritual formation.
0: I love it. I love it. Now, would you, you wouldn't consider yourself retired. Are you going to retire or are you going to continue doing this
1: no, no, I don't see myself retiring. Uh, you know, it's like as, as long as you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I um, people want me to come and speak or talk to me. That's that's fine. Uh, yeah, I'm there. And uh, yeah, retirement doesn't really sound you know exciting to me. Not uh, a
0: golf. Not a golfer. I'm just gonna go no, play golf.
1: No, no, <laughs> no, no. no, no.
0: <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Hey, well, this month, we're talking about your inner circle and in leadership, what that looks like and defining who, who those people are. And um, we've had some conversations this month with people who realized they didn't even have an inner circle um, mm-hmm. and kind of what that looks like and how that responds. Now, before we kind of jump into um, some of those more of those questions, I would, I'd love to first hear how you could define. Well, how would you define inner circle? Like, what does that mean to you?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, I love this topic, and I, I love the way that you're you're referring to it as the inner circle, um, because I, I've never thought about it that way, but, you know, when you uh, th- uh, threw out this idea, I thought, oh, that is a good way to put it. Uh, I kind of define the inner circle pretty simply as those that are closest to you, and um, as I thought about it, I feel like I have looked at uh, at this from a couple different angles. Yeah. Yeah like an inner circle and then an inner, inner circle. <laughs> and to me, it's a lot like David's mighty men, you know, who, you know, the, the guys around him who supported him and uh, gave him advice as well as, you know, minister to him and he, to them. And, uh, and also Jesus had an inner circle, you know, the, uh, he had the 12 disciples, but then he had an inner, inner circle with uh, Peter, John, James, and John. And uh, so I, I like to think of, uh, first of all, the inner inner circle, and I'm talking I'm not talking about family members, you know, yeah, that, that that's your your innermost circle, I suppose, yep. uh, but I'm talking about more than that, you know beyond that. So in the inner inner circle, um those are the people that uh, are my my best friends, my confidants, uh, the people I go to for prayer advice, and um and they are the, are the people that I'm most vulnerable with and, and closest to. And um, in my case, I'm not saying this is true and you know for everybody, but in my case, it has served me best to have an inner inner circle of people who don't go to my church.
0: <laughs> Truth, uh, I can, It's as sad as that is. I mean, I, I yeah. T- tell us why that is, because I, I I love that part.
1: Well, I, you know, I think we go into ministry kind of like with high expectations. It's like, you know, we're the church, you know, and and we should be 100% vulnerable with each other. But the reality is, is that you find that I can't be 100% vulnerable with uh, my church members, maybe 90, 95%, but the the, if i'm here if i'm struggling at church or if i'm struggling with uh something my pastor said or did or, or just you know and it could just be you know those those struggles come and go um i can't share it with my with my church people and uh You know, I I don't want to drag them into that. I don't want to poison their minds in any ways uh, against the church or or the pastor. And even if it sounds innocent, you know, if I'm giving an, even if it's something that I'm just struggling with now, but I won't be struggling with later, you know, I just, you know, it's not a good thing to drag them into this. It's not fair to them, to be honest. And so just kind of out of necessity, uh, I have found that it's necessary to, um to have people, my closest, closest friends uh, are are outside, outside my job, outside the church. And then the next...
0: Outside your specific church, not outside the church in general. Yeah, outside yeah, your specific, right. yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, thanks for clarifying yep. that. Yeah, outside my church, yes. Yeah, and they are christians <laughs> <laughs> the closest people
0: a- speaking into me know, know nothing about jesus that's right that's, <laughs> that's what i no, i understand not, that's right
1: not a good thing. just not making good. sure
0: that was clear yeah i understand like,
1: it's like what do you say <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's that's how rumors get started <laughs> That's right. right. <laughs> then the next circle of influence uh the next circle um is I I look at it more as uh, more ministry minded in that perspective. And um, my inner circle when it comes to ministry are the leaders, the two or three leaders that I'm really investing in, uh, that I'm discipling, mentoring, spending a lot of time with. And uh, they're my key leaders. And that may that group may change from time to time, you know, that, that kind of fluctuates here and there. Yeah. But uh I always feel like I need to I need to pay attention to them. For one thing, they're investing so much time in our church. I mean, it takes a lot of effort and time to be involved in worship ministry. They're giving other time, they come to rehearsal, they come early, they stay late, you know, for church, you know, they sit through the service twice if there's more than one service, you know and uh that they, they give a lot and so i want to give to them and i kind of see us all i mean i hope we all see ourselves as pastors and uh, shepherds of our people or volunteers and uh you know i i also want to want to shepherd my staff but i also want to volunteer what to shepherd my volunteers and um you know i in fact i I really went to the the, the troublers every quarter to name who those are, uh, just so I kept them on my radar screen. Because here's the big secret with ministries: that the people who clamor for your attention are often the needy people, and and that that's great, you know. But if you give inordinate amounts of your time to them, you neglect those key leaders, and the key leaders usually. I mean, they're not clamoring for your attention, but they need your attention, and so you need to be uh, strategic about that.
0: It's huge, it's huge. And now you've been in, you've been doing ministry for a long time, and you've been in and out a lot of different spaces. Um, Now, how have you seen your inner circle be beneficial to you in that space? You talked a little bit about it, but kind of, can you unpack that a little bit? Like, in, and you've been doing this for a long time, and the. I, one of the things I love is that, um, we talked about this, I mean, long ago on, I think it was our first, it was our first episode about longevity in ministry, about how, um, how having an inner circle can actually be beneficial in that regards, but talk a little bit more about that in how, um, how that's helped you be where you are.
1: Yeah, I think the best way to tackle that, Jason, is probably to illustrate, um, <clears throat> my, my, in my inner inner circle, uh, there, there's one guy in particular, my best friend. Uh, his name is John, and um, you know, best friends since uh, since college days. And it was one of those things where we were both sitting together, right next to each other, you know, in uh, in our, our college group and and our, our youth pastor uh, just was talking about, uh, you know, there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother, Proverbs eighteen twenty four. And he talks about iron sharpening iron, you know, Proverbs 27, 17. And he was really talking about the importance of relationships in that that friend that sticks closer than a brother may be sitting next to you right now. And you need to establish these kinds of relationships in your life early. And and, uh, so John and I kind of looked at each other like, "Okay, let's do it, you know. (laughs) It's like, are you in? I'm in. Are you in? I'm in. in? <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's, let's do it. You know, and you know, it, it sounds, you know, kind of funny, but that, that little beginning turned into just, a, he really is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Uh, John is my confessor, my confidant. Uh, he, I'm hundred, 110% vulnerable with him. And, um, and what's what's neat is we have stayed in touch over the years. Uh you know even though we're not living in the same town anymore uh like 1000 miles away uh, we've managed to stay in touch through ups and downs, difficult times and uh, you know we we talk or or text uh at least once a week. Uh you know you know sometimes more. So that relationship, that one relationship, uh, I mean if you could have, you know Kind of of a relationship like that. Uh, God blesses you with that nurture that that friendship. And then there's another. So so John has been you know in my life you know since college, but then there are other um, you know uh, those in, in that inner inner circle who have kind of come and gone, but have a huge impact on my life. Um, there was. Um, My first job was a a youth pastor at a at a a Baptist church, and uh, just down the street from from the church was a junior high, and there was a guy at this um, this school who uh, was he was the band director. his name was John too, coincidentally. (laughs) Well. You know, John, uh, for some reason, took me under his wing. He's about 10, 15 years older than me. And we just hit it off. And this guy had a huge, I I look at him as the guy who discipled me. Hmm. And if you can find somebody, especially if you're young, I think I was in my early, mid-20s, you know, you can find an older man to disciple, to strategically and intentionally disciple you one-on-one. A huge thing. And the funny thing, you know, you got married, bought a house, and uh, I'm not handy. My wife is actually more handy than me. Uh her dad was a carpenter. She knows all the tools and everything. And you know, I it's funny for our wedding, I got all I got the tool belt and the toolbox, you know. <laughs> and oh man, I just messed up so many projects. I just eventually gave them to her, you know. I said, <laughs> you, you know, you know better what to do with these things and I do. No I'm, judgment. No judgment. I'm interested in these things. So John was very handy and very good at yard work, and you know, I said, bought this house, and I went to John. I'm like, man, I don't know what the first thing to do, you know, because he he walked through and go, we need to do this, to this, to this, and and he said, okay, and this is kind of how our relationship started, our discipling relationship. He said, okay, we're we're gonna do all these things. I'm gonna help you, but here's the deal: you're gonna. You're going to be with me and we're going to do this together and Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about the Lord the whole time. And I remember sitting on the roof, you know, because we're rotor rooting, you know, the pipes and everything, and we're talking about the Lord. And I'm like, this is great. This is is great. (laughs) But, you know, John was into scripture memory, so I'm into scripture memory. I mean, Mm -hmm. he he really imprinted that and, and other disciplines on me. And very grateful for so to say, I've benefited. Yeah. I mean, I I've benefited hugely uh from having um, you know, my 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 best friend John and then this uh, my 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 discipler John in, in my life.
0: Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. I love those the moment when you're like you're I'm on the roof cleaning out pipes, going, how did I get here? How did I get to this? <laughs> We're in this space talking about Jesus, cleaning out our pipes. It's a uh, it's a good it's a good day right there. It's, it's like good...
1: I went to school for this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's right. That's right. When I had signed up for ministry, I didn't see myself doing this right here. This was a... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also love that all of you, the guys next around you are named John. It's a it's a precur it's a precursor to being It's really to... good, it? <laughs> that's yeah. right. I guess we're not going to be friends for very long. That's what I, that's what <laughs> I mean. I got I can change my name. It's fine. It's fine. No, but uh, no. So these guys are around you. They're breathing life into you. Like they're they are helping you be who you are today. Um, and I love that you you talked about uh, that you talked about the other John. i um, in college, and you guys are still friends. Um, we had we had a, a couple episodes back. We had a lady named Brandy Wilson, and she was on. Uh, and she, she I loved it because she was talking about how her inner circle isn't in her community like it's 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 because of technology in today's world we can connect with people and be on a on a flight to las vegas or a flight to wherever that person is and it's um they don't have to be around the corner from you they can be literally anywhere um and you can call them and it's almost better like you said they're not in they're not where you are so that the, you know when you talk about somebody from the church they have no context as to who that person is. And you can literally just kind of get stuff out and process, mm-hmm. um, and kind of be in that space. Um, now having an inner circle involves being vulnerable, which for those of us that are on stage, we kind of already build up a wall in what that looks like. Cause you, cause you, you, you want to be transparent when you're up on stage and you're transparent to a point. But I mean, I mean, I know I, I struggle with this where it's like, what can I, what is too much to say, or what is not too much to say? Um, how do you give inner, yeah, that inner circle access to you? And I mean, you say I want to be 100% vulnerable, but like, how do you um, how do you know when it's the right time with that person? Or um, kind of walk us through if, if I'm going to find that person, like, how do I know like this is the right person? But also, how do I know that? Um, how do I know how to give, how to be vulnerable? Because that's not something that we're necessarily the best at.
1: Yeah. Great questions. And I love the, the, the way you set it up, too, with, uh, you know, you stand in front of the congregation and we're somewhat vulnerable. Right. To, and um, therein lies one of the challenges is for us in leadership. And I'm serious about this because, um, you know, we have to be somewhat guarded at some point, you know, in, in some ways. And the problem is, and this, this happens to pastors a lot, too, the the further you go up the reporting structure and everything, the lonelier it gets. And uh, pastors and worship leaders uh, can be some of the loneliest people uh, that I've ever met because they don't have an inner circle. They yeah. don't have relationships. And uh, part of it is, you know, uh, a reluctance to be vulnerable. And, uh, I would really challenge us all on this. Cause I, I was challenged on that it too. It's like, you know, being vulnerable is not always fun, <laughs> you know? And, uh, but, uh, you know, and, and John, you know, what, when I first, you know, was conf- I had to confess some sins and I'm like, I hope this goes okay, you know? And so really, how do you, uh, be vulnerable as well? You, you, you have to at some point take that step, hmm. and this this happens. I see this happen in small groups and relationships all the time. We usually um, get stuck at a certain level of friendship where vulnerability is like the key now to taking it the next step. It's the same thing in a in a guy girl relationship too. Are we going to take that next step? You know, in being vulnerable and being going deeper. And uh, in a small group and in a relationship, it takes one person to break the ice. And uh, I've seen this happen, especially in small group settings where, you know, one person takes the chance and then everybody else goes, oh, good, now I can be vulnerable too, you know. And because we're always like, okay, where is that line? We're always Mm -hmm. kind of sensitive to where is that line? You know, what's appropriate here? And uh, I would encourage you, first of all, to... um, take take the first step show up i mean that is the first step to being vulnerable show up and be you and and don't you know if you find yourself um you know lying or, or just withholding and it's not for a great reason that the problem might be you and uh so it, it takes a lot of courage i think to be vulnerable and uh there are a few other questions you threw in there it's like how do you know Yep. How do you know,
0: how do you know it's the right person? Or how do you know if you're looking for that person? It's like, this is the person I can be vulnerable with. Like, what are, what are some things that you're looking for in that, in John, like in, yeah. in, in, in your friend, John, like, how did you know, like, this is the right person that it's yeah. okay that I can work with and, and, and kind of have those conversations with.
1: Yeah. I think you, I think you put out feelers, <laughs> you know, you just keep putting out feelers and, you know, maybe you share this thing and then you, you, you go a little deeper, share this thing and you go a little deeper, and um okay you know a lot of times i I've, I've heard people say this well they just slam the door on that you know and and um you know so i can't be vulnerable be careful not to give up on a valuable relationship too soon um sometimes if you go back to that if you if you sense that this no this relationship is worth salvaging you know and uh, going back and say you know it, it really hurt me when you said that because I thought I could trust you with this. And that the, their reply to that might tell you a whole lot, uh, you know, about <laughs> the quality of the relationship. And uh, very often you might find the person go, Oh God, you're right. I didn't realize I do that. Sometimes people have a knee jerk reaction, <laughs> you know, when somebody shares, you know, to make them feel better yeah. or to minimize it, you know, it's part of our Christian, the kind of the dysfunctional part of our Christian culture sometimes, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I, I don't want you to feel bad, you know. sometimes we need to feel bad, about our sin, you know, and about stuff that that's messed up with us. It's okay. it's not not bad. Uh, that's why many of the songs are laments. It's okay to lament, you know. Yeah. So, you know, put out the feelers. And, you know, if it's somebody that knows you and, you know, you feel kind of um, has been with you a while, um, give it a shot. But the, the thing I would really, you know, encourage leaders not to do is just be quick to assume that no one's there. Uh, you you want to have somebody in your circle, but there's no one there. When yeah. I hear that, really, are, are you sure? <laughs> uh, because you know, God knew, God knows this need even before you just thought of it. You know, and you know the way God works a lot of times, He's He meets our needs. And um, you know, okay, maybe you need to you know draw closer to Him, but God also knows that you need people in your life, and uh, so make sure that that bar is not so high and i've seen some leaders reject relationships because their bar is so high i need some i need somebody who is as smart as me or as spiritual as me uh you know these are all like like we walk around a little checklist it's like i need somebody in our mind whatever in our mind it needs to be this kind of person oh so i don't have that now look around and see who is God brought into your life and seems to be open and seems to be speaking into your life and letting you speak into them. And um you know you know moving here I you know the whole new relationships and I find myself now in being drawn in in deeper with people that it's like I have nothing in common with you. <laughs> <laughs> And and yet God has brought us together. It's it's kind of funny, you know. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, we're we're buds, you know. And you know, I, I have you know one man in particular who's uh, you know we've just been here like uh, two and a half years, and he's now in my inner circle, and I'm in his because um, we just doing coffee, you know, it, you That's know, awesome. every week. So
0: <laughs> I meet with a couple guys on Wednesday mornings, and like I'm I'm a, I'm a full blown creative and uh one of the guys crunches numbers for a living for the state of California and the other guys a counselor and it's like we the three of us sit around for coffee and the three of us are like i mean it's i mean it's 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 it's, it's one step away from like a priest a rabbi and a you know a doctor walk into a bar like it it's we're like the we we are the beginning of a joke when we walk into a coffee shop it's like a counselor a mathematician and a and a, and a creative walk into a coffee shop and uh but yeah like you said like we're all we're all very different, but it makes it makes sense when we sit down together and kind of process through life together. But know. Um, it's so good. Yeah. It's so, uh, but one of the things I always think about when I think about my inner circle is who do I want to call when something when when tragedy strikes or who do I want to call when I have like something really exciting to share? So if there is some big news, like who's that first person that kind of pops in my head like that, that's probably somebody that's a safe person. And, um, that's probably, or like when tragedy strikes, you know, yes, my wife and I are going to, uh, my, like you mentioned earlier, family is obviously the the, the closest knit circle, but like outside of that, who's that person that you want to call? And I kind of look at that as going, that's my telltale sign. I'm going, that's the person that I want to be in community with and in relationship with and, um, to help know, like, this is where I want to go. Now, can you, um, talk a little bit to the person who maybe isn't in leadership but I still think people that aren't in leadership still need an inner circle of, of relationships. How would you respond to somebody who's like, "I'm not the leader. Do I need to be? Do I need to have those that circle around me of people that are breathing life into me? Like how how would you kind of answer that person?
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, I love what you shared about yeah. You know, who would I talk to if I yeah I need have a prayer request or something? I wanna I wanna share that. That is an excellent way to uh, you know, to look at good good point. They're very astute. Uh, as far as non-leaders, kind of the same thing. And, uh, yeah, maybe I it was a little bit of a misnomer and kind of just isolating leaders, but, uh, yeah, even non-leaders need to have an inner circle, uh, especially these days, we got some challenges of uh, living for Jesus in our culture today. Yes. And a little, a little harder these days. And, um, you know, in, and, and as we raise kids, uh, you know, and, and just go about our work and we go whatever that is. Uh, we need people to speak into our lives and they need us as well. And um, I would really, you know, I, I know you know, uh, another uh, reason people don't jump on this is because they think they don't have time you'll be surprised it's not as huge an investment of your time that you think it is. But there is, you do need to put some time into it. And uh, and you need to also uh, be proactive with it. And uh, don't, like, don't expect somebody to come to you. And uh, if this is something God has laid on your heart, then you take the initiative. But, uh, yeah, I think it's important for non-leaders uh, as well, too, because, it, you know, God didn't make us um, – or create us to be alone, mm. and grace us to be in fellowship. And, you know, Jesus had hit his inner inner circle. It was, you know, the Father and the Holy Spirit. You know, the, the, the Trinity is an in yep. inner circle, three, you know, and uh, it seems to be a great number, by the way. And, um, you know, and then he had, you know, the 12 disciples and, you know, Peter, James, and John. And so I think he modeled this as well and um i think for, for just for your own spiritual growth uh it's it's uh um, having people speaking into your life and you speaking into their lives hugely important
0: now you like i mentioned a minute ago and you've been doing this for a while and like how where would you be if you didn't have an inner circle like hypothetically speaking like if yeah. you didn't have the guys speaking into your life where do you think where, what do you think the difference the other Rory Nolan would be like? Where where do you think that would be lo- looking like? Yeah.
1: yeah, great question. I honestly don't think I would be in ministry. Uh, yeah. I think. I mean, there were there were times when I when I called uh, John, my best friend, and said, um, I, "I'm going through dark time right now. Where, I you know, I'm being tempted, and there are things that are looking really good to me right now, and I'm having a hard time. Can you pray for me? Yeah. You know? Um, or, or there, there were trips, you know, you know, traveling a lot too. I'm like, could you pray for me on this trip because I'm feeling a little vulnerable, <laughs> you know, and and I, I don't want to do anything stupid, and uh, I I, f- I feel like I I'm still in the ministry, haven't shipwrecked my life and done something stupid because John's been praying for me, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I uh, you know an opportunity to just bring that to somebody. You know, if you're struggling with stuff like that, and we all do, I mean, we're, we need to be honest, we all struggle like that. And you, you, uh, it's, and, you know, Satan just has you by yourself. Well, you, you know, when, when the sheep are just like off by themselves, they are more uh, vulnerable to being attacked. And uh, when they're back in the fold, they're less vulnerable. And so, yeah, it, that, I honestly don't feel like I would be in ministry anymore. Uh, I, I I probably would have just um, shipwrecked my life and you know um, voided uh, and slipped and fell in some way. So.
0: And that's I mean that's not a fun statement. It's not a fun question. Not a fun realization. But I think it's the, it's just the truth of of where of where um, where what life looks like. And I mean we I mean people look at somebody like you know, like yourself who've been doing this. And you can just go, man. They've he's got it all together. He's got it, he's figured life out. He's a he's a different person. But then you realize, no. If you if you ask if you look at it and realize, it's it's because there's people around you. It's because there's you're in a world where you were like you understand. No matter what happens, we're all human, and humans need people. And without people, loneliness is um, like you mentioned at the beginning. Like it gets lonelier it gets lonelier at the top and unfortunately that's that's a that's a not, not a fun not not something you see from the outside looking in um but it's it's just i mean it's part of it and so um yeah man that's this is this has been a this is uh we're uh, kind of wrapping up the month here with um this t- talking about this and it's not necessarily a fun thing to real to to, to dive into and realize um because it's this I mean, last month we talked about identity as a leader, and this month we're talking about you know needing your inner circle. It's been two months of kind of some heavy topics, but we're. I think it's important as we uh, as we kind of wrap up this month to r- remind people that like, man, you are not alone, and there are, there is. Um, uh, we need more people in ministry. I mean, that's just and that's just a reality, and I think now more than ever, you know, as you kind of look around, I've seen more pastors falling than um than ever before right now in 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 this in this season i think would you kind of agree with that
1: oh totally i think that's why there is we need to have an appropriate seriousness and be very sober-minded about this is because uh yeah you and i have seen too many creative talented artists and worship leaders fall and pastors fall and it's it's not a pretty sight, um, and you always and, want to go hit him or her. Like I would have never he,
0: seen that coming, but it's exactly, it's the reality. Yeah. yeah,
1: exactly, and and it's never pretty. And the ripple effect. First of all, the, their lives are never the same, and then the churches are never the same either. So the ripple effect. Oh, it, you know, it takes churches months, if not years, to uh, to recover, and then it takes you yourself years as well. So it, it ain't worth it, even. Yep. <laughs> That looks good. And I, I think, too, um, you know, I, I've noticed that guys are notoriously, you speaking just of the guys now, guys are notoriously bad in this uh, yeah. because, you know, we don't do relationships really well. And wow, uh, that that right there will confine you. And, um, you know, Satan will use that. And don't let them, you know, uh, you know overcome that, you know, and... Uh, and yes you have your wife but you also need um i don't want to sound sexist but but you you need a guy speaking into your life yeah. uh, because you know guys we talk to each other a little bit differently than our wives talk to us you know yep. and so you need both you know your wife speaking into your life and uh you know guys but I've also noticed that more and more women uh, are expressing feeling lonely and alienated. And uh, so they, too, uh, need uh, you know, these kind of relationships that we're talking about as well. They need an inner circle.
0: You said something to me when we were together, and may, may have may, you may not even realize that when you said it, it was kind of an in-passing statement when we were talking on, on the way to the airport. You said there's two reasons that people fail out of ministry. Typically, it's moral failure or burnout. And those are, those are two big, you know, big, there's obviously other reasons, but there are two big contributors to people that are stepping out of ministry. And I think having that circle is, is one of those, uh, both of those reasons can be deterred if you have people around you calling you out and saying the things that aren't, that aren't fun to say, but they're the people in your life that, you know, when they say them, they mean them. And it's, um, it's coming from a place where they want to see the best version of you be successful.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If you, um, uh, it's having an inner circle would be a great, uh, great deterrent uh, is as well as some of the things in place, uh, you know, for burnout as well as against burnout and moral failure.
0: Yeah. Awesome. As we kind of as we wrap up today, um, I always end with the food question. And this one, I think is, is in direct direct uh, relationship with with this with this topic. So if you and I were going to go out to coffee and people say, go out to coffee, like it's a, it's a thing, like it's a going out to coffee, going out to sit together at a coffee shop, we go out to coffee. What are, what are you ordering? If we go out to coffee, what does that look like for you? What are you?
1: Well, I would see first that they have a protein shake. So I'm not, just, just kidding. <laughs> kind of a, a personal blog there, <laughs> um, but, um, you know, it's so funny, Jason, because for so many years, I I didn't drink coffee, and I liked the smell of it, but you know, never liked the taste of it. And then I, um, I was in Omaha, and a worship leader there, you know, took me out for coffee, and he said, you know, let's let's order. And I, I said, well, maybe uh, you know, can I get some like tea or something? And he said, We're at this Gourmet Coffee Shop. And
0: <laughs> you offend me.
1: <laughs> <That's right. laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he was offended, you know. And so uh, he he said, I I just explained, you know, I don't like coffee. He said, let me order something for you. So he ordered me um, coffee and it it came on this paddle and it was like, you know, this little beaker looked like a science experiment, you know, and uh, and I tasted it. and was like, is this coffee? I didn't know coffee. (laughs) I have been lied to my entire life. (laughs) Exactly. Then I got the whole spiel about how Americans drink burnt coffee, you know, the whole spiel. And what what I had was Kennex, you know. Well, from that that point on, I've been a coffee snob, and uh, so I even at one point I was traveling with my own AeroPress, you know, and you know grinding my beans and uh, you know getting my beans, you know, online and everything. Well, unfortunately, though, it turned out that I'm one of the few people who have uh, a reaction to uh, the, the caffeine. Oh, <laughs> so, no. So, but I've been able to find actually decent decaf. And so I would offer probably a, a decaf um, pour over if they have that or or an Americano.
0: Okay. All right. Oh, man, that's the worst. Yeah. That's the worst is you is that you're like, the the caffeine problem that's a oh man that but that's yeah the pour over that's a good that's a good place that's like yeah. a that's like a next next level coffee where you go oh it's gonna be fifteen minutes you're like to make a cup of coffee I just oh I mean if you're gonna it's a, it's a piece
1: of art it's a piece yeah. of art yeah yeah that's how you know you're in the right place
0: rather than just they they just dump a they just pour it into a cup and hand it to you and you're like that's not what I wanted that's yeah. not that's that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, tell us how we can connect with you. And, uh, and, um, you mentioned, you mentioned the heart of the artist and the books and tell us all about that.
1: Uh, my website is heartoftheartist.org And it's got all the information about my books. My first two books about spiritual formation and life of the artist and second two books about worship. And then my fifth book kind of put it together. My latest book, transforming worship kind of put them together. And, um,
0: Leading worship like spiritual formation matters. Yeah.
1: Planning and leading Sunday services as if spiritual formation mattered. It's yeah. the mic,
0: it's the mic drop. It's the mic drop moment. I just <laughs> I love that one so much. Sorry, I just it's yeah. the best. It's the best.
1: Yeah, that's that's the subtitle for transforming worship. And you know, there's a place you you can contact me on the website or just email me at Rory at Heart of the Artist.org. It's pretty easy to remember. Rory at Heart of the Artist.org.
0: Hey man, I appreciate you hanging out. I Thanks so much again also for flying out here and being a part of our conference and just I mean our relationship, our friendship. It's just a I love it, man. It's a good to it's good to have these conversations.
1: Yeah, me too. You're a good guy. Let's do it again.
0: Sounds like a plan. All right, everybody. We will see you guys back here next week.